So today, very quickly, I'm going to talk about leaning in. We're going to lean into Christ with courage to trust, to celebrate, and to be vulnerable. Now, I want to define what anxiety is really quickly so that there's no misunderstanding. It's distracting worry. And by distracting, what I would say is it's distracting attraction, attention, and affection towards someone or something. Now, this is important for you to know that anxiety has its roots in a legitimate concern. Now, what, what, what I'm saying is, is that if you're feeling anxious over something, that there is a legitimacy to a concern that you might be having. Oftentimes, I think what happens, especially when we're just dealing with people on a daily basis and it seems so normal, we, we almost are made to or we make people inadvertently, it's not your fault if you do this or if you feel this way, we make people feel like what they're worrying about, this distracting worry, is illegitimate. Oh, you shouldn't be worried about that. As if it's not real. But the truth is, it's probably rooted in a very legitimate concern. The issue isn't that it's rooted in a genuine concern. It's that the genuine concern is made to be helpful. But distracting worry, as I just described it, is harmful. So we need to figure out how to dismantle the power of anxiety. And there's some very basic things that I think we can employ. Last week, you can jump onto our YouTube. You can watch the message last week about reaching out. That would be step one. Step two, we're gonna walk through some things today about leaning in. Just after, or just before Paul says, for I can do anything, we have to finish this sentence. For I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm going to give you a Christ-centered approach to leaning in. So we need to lean into Christ with courage. Number one, to trust. He says in Philippians 4, 6, before he says, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me, he says to this church that he's writing this letter to, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And that's what we talked about last week. But he goes on to say, tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. Now that implies that there's some level of courage that you have to tell God what you need because you're trusting God that he's going to actually answer when you tell him. The word courage in this case, I'm gonna define this. Courage is simply to fasten upon or to seize to, to bind yourself to or to lean. It's the picture of a little kid who uh, runs into the room and grabs a hold of an adult individual's leg. And have you ever seen this happen? I know when I was a kid, I did this. I would run into the room and I'd find that favorite individual who was strong enough and I'd attach myself to the leg. And you know, and the, the adult then like does the leg drag with the little kid. It's like a little human mop, you know, do the leg drag with the kid. And what would happen was that child trusts that individual adult so much that they seized the leg of that adult. That they, that they leaned into, that they, they bind themselves to the leg of this individual. And this is the idea of courage, that you have such a high level of trust that you lean on. And so when we say there's courage to lean into, what I'm talking about is an implied faith, belief, or trust. And what are you trusting? That if I say we're going to lean into Christ with courage to trust, what are we trusting? We're trusting that his good nature is lean-worthy. 
If, if you were exhausted and you're tired, and perhaps today you're feeling exhausted and tired, perhaps you know someone that's feeling exhausted and tired because of anxiety. That when you get tired, have you ever gotten really tired and just leaned on something? You know, so I, I'm leaning on the table. You lean against the wall. Why do I trust this? Because it's sturdy. Because I know the nature of this table isn't going to shift in a split second and become completely immaterial and turn to liquid and leave me laying on the ground. Why? I trust as I lean into whatever that is. I'm presenting to you that we would have a trust in Jesus Christ that, that gives us a courage to lean into him to such a high degree that we know that we know that we know he will never become immaterial and change on us and leave us laying flat. In fact, it says in Hebrews, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's lean worthy. We can lean into him and know that he's not going to change on us. So what this is saying is, God, I courageously lean into you with the trust that it is in your good nature to care deeply for my anxious heart. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. And I, 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 I love this. Cast all your anxiety on him. Not some. Jesus is, is, is looking at you and I saying, you know the part of your life that you, you just got to that place where you can't handle it? Guess what? I'm immovable, I don't change. And everything you can't handle doesn't phase me. You can drive that vehicle of anxiety at full speed into the nature, the wall, the nature of who Jesus is, and it will not change who Jesus is. And we can cast all of our anxiety on him. Now, I want to make this very practical. And you may ask, Pat, what does leaning on Christ with courage to trust, what does that look like? How do we overcome anxiety in a practical way by doing this? This is what I would tell you. The first thing that I'm reminded of is that we need to take our anxious thoughts captive. Now listen, there's a fullness to what I'm about to say. Take our anxious thoughts captive through prayer, which Paul's tell, he tells us to pray about everything. And the first thing he says, pray about everything. Pray by telling God what you need. It implied faith, belief, and trust in him. So we're going to take these thoughts, these anxious thoughts captive through prayer to be judged by what God says in Scripture. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Anxiety is attempting to present a knowledge to you that is factual, reality, unchanging. You're never going to get out from underneath. But this scripture tells me that the truth is, that the promise is, that I can actually submit all of those things underneath the knowledge of who God is. 
And then it goes on to say, when we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's the picture that when that thought hits your brain, my wife and I were just talking about this two days ago, that as thoughts hit our mind, you know, we're human. So her and I, it's like, we're not like super parents and super people. We're just followers of Jesus, just like you. And when things hit our brain, because our hearts get anxious, you know, your heart rate goes up a little bit and starts getting a little racy. You know, where you can't sleep at night. And what you do is you're, 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 you're taking that thought and drawing a box around it and saying, you're imprisoned in that box and you're going to be judged underneath the knowledge of who God is. That Jesus Christ is the judge and the jury and the sentencer of that thought. And those thoughts have to, have to bow underneath the mention of Jesus' name. We just sang that. Here's some other practical things. You're going to bind yourself to prayer. This is practical. How do, we, how do we show this trust of leaning into Christ with courage? Bind yourself to prayer. Pray about everything. In fact, Scripture says pray without ceasing. Center yourself on Scripture to know what God says. That means read Scripture. Know it. I know that one of the number one things in America that's Googled, I'm just going to relieve the pressure a little bit. One of the number one things Googled and one of the biggest searches on YouTube is this, how to study the Bible. Did you know that? And that's not from Christians. That's from everybody. Here's what I know. People are looking for how scripture can impact their life practically with practical applications. The first thing I would say is, you have to read it. Are you with me? And then, and lastly, I would say this, very practical, fast. Fasting is simply focusing all your attention on God. And here's what I mean. Fasting is often thought of in terms of uh, eating. So there's something really popular right now in the fitness world called intermittent fasting. Has anyone tried this? Does anyone know what this is? All right, so what do you do? You starve yourself of some food for a period of time and then you eat a bunch of food. So here's what fasting is spiritually. Fasting is this. If it's food, every time you feel that hunger pain, instead of going and trying to grab that crumb, you actually grab a hold of Christ. You understand? These are practical things. Okay, let's move on. Step number two, lean into Christ with the courage to celebrate. Paul goes on and he says, tell God what you need. And then he says, and thank him for everything that he has done. Here's, here's some operable words in this. You tell him for everything that he has done, not what you have done. And the operable word for me in this whole line that I just gave you was Done. It's not we need to thank God for everything he's going to do. We can. And there is a principle to thanking God for everything he has yet to do. But in this, in terms of anxiety, we need to look back and we need to think about all that he has done. Why? Because what is done is your proof of concept that God did it once and he can now do it again. So the mistake becomes, now you can own this with me if you want. This is what I do. I end up thinking 
rather than thanking. Oh, somebody just said, oh yeah. <laughs> right? And so when you can't sleep from anxiety, what are you doing? You're thinking your way to peace, to freedom. And what this is telling me is if I want to overcome anxiety and I want that peace that only God can give, I'm not going to think my way to it. I'm going to thank my way to it. Here's how this works. Thinking circumstances will never change. And just the same, I can think that circumstances will never change. And I can also think, on the other hand over here, that I can worry enough to change it. I want to tell you there's no amount of worry that you and I can bring to the table that will change the circumstances. In fact, I will also tell you that worry is nothing but misplaced worship. Because worship says you can have everything. You are worthy of my attention and affection. And when we worry, we're actually misplacing our worship on God and we're worshiping this issue. And we're saying, you issue, you are worthy of all of my attention, affection, and attraction. Do you understand this? So anxiety's lie is, and it begins with this, the reality of the situation. Have you ever heard this before? When someone tells me, well, Pat, the reality of the situation, I just want to stop them right there and say, first and foremost, I want to thank you, Almighty, for being able to know the full scope of where I've been, where I am, and every step that I'll take, that you can tell me with such confidence that you know the reality of my situation. Now, having understood where you stand and the power you hold, please finish your sentence with me. Tell me, oh mighty one, what the reality of my situation is. The truth is, we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what's going to happen. And the lie becomes, the reality of the situation is, anxiety says, it'll never change. It'll always be this way. So why is thanking God important? Because celebration, Christ-centered celebration. I'm not talking about fanfare for a favorite sports team. That's not gonna, okay? I'm talking about Christ-centered celebration. Here's what it does. It brings the history of God's past moves in your life into your present trial. It says that he has the power to do it again. I I love this translation of Psalm 34. Now I'm going to give you, here's a little bit of a tidbit. If you're in the room and you're like, I don't know where to begin reading the Bible. Pat, you said that I need to to read the Bible. I I need to start out by opening up scripture. If you're dealing with anxiety, one of the best books that I could give you is the book Psalms. It is full of the heart that laments, that is in despair, that the writers of Psalms we're in a place of just real human brokenness and, and authenticity to say, I, I, I feel brokenhearted. I don't know what to do. But they always followed it up with the reconciling statement of, but God. And they begin thanking God for who he is and what he has done in their past. And so it says, I will always thank the Lord, Psalm 34. 
I will never stop praising him. I will praise him for what he has done. I will praise him for what he has done. May all who are oppressed listen and be glad. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us praise his name together. When we begin celebrating all that he has done, that oppression of anxiety begins to be exchanged for gladness. And I love this later on in Psalms. It says, my inner being, listen to the language of this. Perhaps this resonates with some of you. It says, my inner being is in depression and my heart is heavy. I'm dazed with despair. You know what the word despair means? Unrecognizable hope. That maybe there's a circumstance in your life today that you've been struggling with, that you've been dealing with. That you cannot recognize hope. You can't see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel with this situation. It's immovable, it's unchangeable, and your heart is heavy, and you're losing sleep over it, and you're feeling the oppressive weight of this burden. But listen to what the psalmist says. Uh, I remember the glorious miracles of days gone by. And I often think of all the wonders of old. Let me tell you where reality lives. If you want to find reality, you find it in the truth and the proof of every step between where you started and where you stand today. And when we celebrate, we're saying, yeah. Yeah, God, that's right. There's truth and proof right there. I took a step. <laughs> and you were there. Immovable. And then you take another step and go, yeah, God, that's right. That's right, you were there. There's truth and proof. Like, you did it. You did those two steps. You could do it again, and you just didn't do those two steps, God. I have a history relationally with you that shows me that you've done it time and time and time again. And you have walked me through. You've taken me from where I started to where I stand, and that's the reality. And I can celebrate those things for everything that you, Jesus Christ, have done in my history. You have pulled... This, this is so key. You have pulled the power of how you walked me through my yesterday into my current trial today when you celebrate. Now, I just want to tell you, here's, here's something I'm going to give you an opportunity to do. You may not have a history with Jesus Christ today relationally. You may say, Pastor, that's amazing that you can talk about a history that you had in your life. And I'm implying that I do have a history, and I do. And 
And maybe you don't have that history to, to look back and celebrate and say, I know that God was with me every single step of the way. And, and my heart breaks for you and I want you to know something. God wants to start today developing a history relationally with you. Have you leaned into Christ with courage to trust him with your life today? Knowing that when you lean, he's not gonna leave. And one of the biggest things that I can do today is stop and say, this is our call. And to say, this is a safe place for you to lean into Christ with courage to be vulnerable. My third point, that, that this isn't a place that I want you to feel like you have to be hidden. You're not alone. You're not, you're not sitting in your anxiety by yourself. Last week we prayed about anxiety and there were people that came forward. And I wanna tell you that some of you probably need prayer again today and it's okay. Like it's okay to say, I'm gonna keep coming forward for prayer until I see the breaking of these things underneath the name of Jesus. That's the song that we sang. I'm gonna keep leaning in until I see God move. I'm gonna keep leaning in and I'm gonna allow others to lean on me. I'm gonna be vulnerable, but I want a history with Jesus and I want a history with a Christ-centered community. And you may not have that today, but today's the day that I'm gonna give you an opportunity for that. So why don't you join me in standing? If you could just close your eyes if you feel comfortable doing so. This, there's no surprises. Nothing's gonna jump out of a dark space. Trust me. close your eyes. Where are you at? Where are you at in time and space when it comes to leaning on Christ with courage to trust him? Where are you at in your life? Do you have a history of God moving in power in your past that you can pull into your present trial? And, and let me ask you, where are you at in proximity to a Christ-centered community that you can lean into Christ with courage by being vulnerable in a Christ-centered community. Here's what vulnerable means. To open yourself up, to allow to be loved, and to reciprocate that love, but doing so while understanding that you make yourself susceptible to being hurt. That is a crazy definition, but it's true. And I gotta tell you, one of the biggest things that ever happened in my life was when I leaned in to Christ with courage to be vulnerable in community. To say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be broken. Now, when I say broken, this is not unfixable. This is brokenness I'm talking about. It's that you can't fix yourself and that's okay. And that shows our need for a Christ and it shows our need for a Christ-centered community. We need each other and we need Jesus Christ.
This guy, Paul, wrote this. I'm gonna wrap up with this. If any of this pertains to you as I read this, I'm gonna challenge you to start today by developing a history and trust and vulnerability. If any of this resonates in your heart what I'm about to read, I'm gonna ask you just to come forward. Just begin making your way forward. Or you can raise your hand right where you're at. And we're just gonna pray for you. Listen to this. The same guy, Paul, who wrote this book, Philippians, that we've been talking about, wrote this book to a church in Corinth called the Corinthians. And here's what he says. He says, we think you ought to know. This guy, Paul, and his buddy, Timothy, wrote this letter. He says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Listen to their vulnerability to their friends in the Corinthian church. We think you ought to know the trouble we went through. We were crushed. Do you feel crushed this morning? Come on. Do you feel that brokenness this morning? It's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Come on, we wanna pray for you. And we're overwhelmed. Do you feel overwhelmed this morning? you feel overwhelmed by a circumstance, a situation? Do you feel like things will never get better? Come on. This is the place. We desire for you to know this is a safe place for you to be broken and it's okay to not be okay. He says, they were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Do you feel tired and exhausted and you just can't make it another moment? Perhaps you walked in this morning saying, this is my last ditch effort. God, I can't do this anymore. You've been thinking about the the thoughts of even suicide and taking your own life. And I speak against that right now. And I'm telling you that this is your moment to start a new history, to start a new reality. If that's you this morning, it's okay to not be okay. Come on, we wanna pray for you. He said, we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Do you feel like this morning impending death is sitting at your doorstep? Do you feel like all roads of circumstances are leading you to a point of I'm gonna die? That is a lie from the enemy and I wanna speak against it right now. If that's you, come on, we wanna pray for you. Here's why I keep saying that. Because Paul says, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. Ah, there's proof and truth. He did it once, he's gonna do it again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. That when I think that he's rescued me enough, he's gonna rescue me again. See, today's the day for you to step out in faith and trust and be vulnerable to say, I don't even know that I can pinpoint the time that God rescued me, but Pat, I believe you today. I believe he rescued you once, so I'm gonna live off of your promise. I'm gonna live off of the road you've walked. And if he rescued you once, Pat, he can rescue me once. And if he rescued you 10 times, he can rescue me 100 times. And then Paul says, and you are helping us by praying for us. So this morning, we wanna help you. We wanna pray for you. I wanna speak against depression. I wanna speak against the things that the enemy is is coming at you with. I wanna speak against anxiety. It's not good enough to just reach out. Sometimes you gotta reach again. Sometimes you gotta lean 
stand. Sometimes you gotta stitch yourself to. You gotta adhere yourself to. You have to bind yourself to. You gotta grab a hold of the feet of Jesus like that small child who says, I trust you. I trust that you're gonna walk me and give me a history from where I started to where I stand. And if you don't have hope this morning, I want you to leave here with some hope. If you don't have enduring hope here this morning, if you don't have enduring hope on our online campus, I want you to walk away this morning with hope that you didn't have when you walked in the door. It's okay to not be okay right now. It's okay to feel broken. Do not leave this place. I want to encourage you. If you're feeling this way, raise your hand if you feel this way. It's okay. Hey, it's vulnerability. It's, hey, there's something called vulnerability hangover. Here's what happens. You dare to raise your hand and say, yeah, and be vulnerable. You walk away and you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Okay? Burn. I want that lie to burn. Right now, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're dealing with this. Raise your hand if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's okay. Keep your hand up. Because I know it's happening. Some of us are too afraid to come forward. I'm not going to make you come forward. Hey, if you're around somebody right now, ministry team, take a look around. Leaders on our church, take a look around. Is it okay? Can someone just come and pray for you right now? That's all we want to do. Right? Because here's the deal. God will meet you right where you're at, and so, so can we. <laughs> Everyone on our online campus, if you need prayer right now, just say, yep, I need prayer. We're just gonna pray. So real quickly, I'm gonna pray and then I'm gonna dismiss all of you who are not getting ministered to. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I speak against anxiety. I speak against the lies that the enemy would have for us. God, we are gonna found ourselves on the firmness of of who you are, on what your word, on what scripture says. We are gonna, we are gonna uh, put a box around and imprison the thoughts that the enemy wants to keep bringing to us. That, um, that gives us night terrors. Some of you, there's someone in the room that actually has a child that has been dealing with night terrors. That you, you have a child, or someone's watching on our online campus, that you have a child uh, that's young, and I would say pre like junior high to junior high, somewhere in that age range that is dealing with night terrors, that can't sleep. And you've been struggling with this. And I just wanna speak to you. I wanna tell you God is gonna meet you right where you're at. That your child, it's okay. And that God wants to minister to you. So you just, if you can have the daring vulnerability, the courage to say, that's me. I'm a parent who's brokenhearted and I'm trying to, to love my kid. Just say, just say, let someone know. We wanna pray with you, okay? Father, I pray right now and I break off the lies of anxiety. We're, we're, last week we reached, now we're gonna lean in. We need to lean. We're gonna dare to be vulnerable. We're gonna dare to be open. We're not gonna be isolated. We're not gonna show up once and then say, well, God didn't move last Sunday and fix everything. So no excuses, no excuses. Yeah, that's good. So Father, we just release your peace here this morning. We release the power of your peace here this morning over every heart, over every home, 
over every workplace that this is being watched in, over every car that's traveling down the road. I just release peace right now in the name of Jesus, that everything has to come underneath the authority and the knowledge of who you are, Jesus Christ. Ha <laughs> ha. And we get to say, thank you, God. We're developing a history here today. Enemy, you're a sucker. We're developing a history here today. Ha, we're developing a step here today. We're taking a step here today. You can't take my step away from me because once I get to stepping with Jesus, you can't take my step back. So I'm gonna take a step with Jesus here today. We say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for stepping with us. Thank you for being our everything. Thank you for always being the same yesterday, today, and forever.